If you want an easier way to burn calories and lose weight, a way that's actually gentle on your body and fun, say less. I got you. So you've been hearing about Zone 2 training, Zone 2 cardio for fat loss, and you want to know more. Or maybe you're someone like me who literally was brainwashed for the last two decades that the only way to get a great cardio workout was if it was high intensity, hit training, beat your body up, crawl out the door, burn a bajillion calories kind of workout. For some of us, the idea of Zone 2 cardio is almost too good to believe. I mean, like how could something that's easier and gentler on your body, something that's actually fun and enjoyable to do, how could that possibly be better for you in terms of fat loss? Or maybe you're totally down with the idea of zone two training, but all of the experts that you've listened to make it so complicated. Most people are training in this garbage zone where it's too high in intensity to build a true aerobic foundation and too low in intensity to truly stress the body glycolytically. So zone two is that all day pace. Lactate has to be below two millimolar. You have to be, able, this is a pace you should be able to hold all day. And that's easier than, you know, people are used to training. And then at the other end of the spectrum, there's like gotta be this real push pace, kind of your four by four pace, right? Four on, all out, four off. And most people aren't used to that level of discomfort. So they're suffering two problems. One, they're in a physiologic no man's land, and two, there's no variability to it anyway. Even though you say it's obvious, I, I think it's important for people to hear this discussion because I don't, I don't think enough people understand, both for performance and also longevity, why you have to be at the more extremes of kind of zone two, zone five is where the progress comes. Well, today in this episode, I'm going to break it all down for you in the most simplistic of terms. I'm also going to help you understand what is the ideal protocol, how to evaluate which cardiovascular workouts are best when it comes to burning fat. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Shaleen Johnson, and I'm getting over a little bit of laryngitis, so the voice is a little raspier, a little sexier than usual. Thank you for your patience. But before we get into the heart of the matter, no pun intended, can we just talk a minute about how some of these, and I love them, and I watch all of their YouTube episodes, I listen to their podcasts, but some of these doctors and researchers, no matter how cute they are, I still have a hard time really understanding what it is I'm listening to. Like, I really think sometimes the biohacking community and the researchers and scientists, they can drive us crazy and make us believe that things are far more complicated than they need to be. And it can drive you bonkers. Like it's almost a form of orthorexia when you're so consumed with doing things perfectly and which experts advice you're following. And at the end of the day, and this is just my bossy older sister advice to you is we can't be so worried about like splitting the hairs and the minute details because I read the questions and comments under a lot of these videos, these podcast episodes, and the things that people are worried about have got to be causing them stress. They're worried about the minutia. Like, just look at the big picture. Have you guys seen the documentary yet? I think it's called Live for 100 Years. It's about the blue zones in the world where there are these collections of centurions, people who live to be 100 years old. And the one thing that I took away from it is like, yeah, none of these people are so worried about like, what time do I eat and how many minutes should I be intermittent fasting for? And can you tell me exactly how much MCT oil in comparison to like all of the little details, the more I understand about my own health and fitness as I'm aging, the more I realize like, you got to stop worrying about like the minutia. Just focus on big picture. 
focus on reducing your stress. And I personally find that there are so many people who are so wrapped up in getting it perfect that they don't realize how stressed they are. Now, chances are you've heard about HIIT training, high-intensity interval training, and you've likely been told by experts such as myself that when you're doing high-intensity interval training, meaning you're taking your heart rate up into the, the maximum thresholds, like into the, if we're talking about rate of perceived exertion, the highest rate. If we're talking about zones of cardio, we're talking about zone four and five and doing intermittent bouts where you're maybe doing like one minute of intensity in the zone four or zone five range, and then maybe 30 seconds of active rest. And for many of us, myself included, we believed for years that the only workout that was even worth the effort was to go all out, to go all in, to like almost take yourself to the point of exhaustion where you had to psych yourself up to go that hard. Your body had to be in the right condition. Your mental spirit had to be in the right condition. Like all of the conditions had to be perfect in order for you to go that hard. And let's face it, when you're working at near maximum rates, it's hard mentally, it's hard physically, and it's not something that you can do on back-to-back days. Like it does require a lot of rest. But there came this time, and I'm sure some of you can relate to this, where like hit workouts and even Tabatas, everything started becoming a hit workout or a Tabata. And then like just doing four minutes of something at super high, high, high intensity wasn't enough. It's like, okay, so what if we did a super mega maximum Tabata? What if we did hit training for an hour, which like isn't even hit training? Basically what that is, was, is all of us misinterpreting what it truly means to do hit training And we were just basically working in a constant state of zone four. I feel like I probably even need to do an updated podcast on that topic. So drop me a comment wherever you're listening to this. Let me know if, do you want me to go into depth on diet phasing? I can. Do I still phase my diet? So you remember I wrote the book 131 Method and that eventually evolved into what we called phase it up. Phase it up is this concept. I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but the answer is yes. I do phase my diet and I think it's very important to phase your diet. And one of the things that was hard for a lot of people like myself when we were traveling is to, you know, kind of eat in whatever phase I was on. Like, so maybe that's keto or maybe we're doing more plant-based or maybe we're doing intermittent fasting where we're, we're not eating in the morning. Like all these different phases and it's very difficult sometimes to shift your thinking and the way that you're shopping, etc. One of the things we found to be super helpful is to use a food delivery service. I did my research and I'm telling you, after hearing about this company on a different podcast, I'm like, all right, well, I'll try that one too. And hands down the best, greenchef.com. Okay. So I know I've talked about this in the past, but if you have ever thought like, okay, we need to change the way that we're eating. This is a wonderful, it almost trains you to know like what portion sizes should look like and what does a meal based on whatever it is, whether you want to become or phase your diet to become more vegetarian, like I said, or Mediterranean, you can do that with Green Chef. And despite the myths that it's super expensive, it's actually not you're actually going to waste far less food. And ultimately, like, what is your health worth to you, right? Okay, now this is crazy. But Green Chef has agreed to give you guys 60% off plus free shipping. I'm like, are you sure? 
<laughs> like what? Can I use that? Yeah, you get 60% off plus free shipping when you go to greenchef.com forward slash 60 Shaleen and then you have to use my code 60 Shaleen. Got it? That is how you're going to get a huge discount on the number one meal kit for eating well. Also for your convenience, I always put those links in our show description. All of us misinterpreting what it truly means to do HIT training. And we were just basically working in a constant state of zone four. All right. So let's talk about the zones before we go much further. You probably remember seeing a chart in the back of a group exercise class or I don't know, maybe saw it someplace online. If you're someone who goes to the gym, you've probably seen it hanging on the wall. So let's go through it. Zone one. Zone one is activity like like walking. It's basically what you're doing when you're warming up or should be warming up. Although when I think about the warm-ups that we did for turbo fire and turbo kick, those weren't zone one. We were probably already in zone three. (laughs) I'm not even joking when we were warming up. Okay. So back to zone one. Zone one is where you're working at like about 40 or 50% of your functional capacity in terms of your heart rate. It's something that's considered very light. Zone two, which is what we're talking about today, is when you're training cardiovascularly at a rate of about 50 to 60% of your maximum. Okay. So what is considered zone two cardio? I'm going to share with you different forms of zone two cardio that you're going to love in this episode. But generally speaking, right, for our purposes right now, if we're comparing this from walking to sprinting, zone two is where we're at a brisk walk. Some people might even consider it moderate to brisk. Zone three, however, is where we're working in the 60 to 70% of our maximum capacity. This would be maybe a light jog or a really fast walk. I mean, where you're like, you're huffing and puffing. Okay. Zone four is when you're working at 70 to 85% of your functional capacity. Now we're talking, you're running pretty fast. Like you're trying to stay on pace. You're running. It's hard. You would describe the activity as hard. You could no longer carry on a conversation. You have to concentrate to be able to maintain that level or that speed. So this is typically what people are doing when they're training, for example. I mean, trying to get a specific time for like a marathon or a half marathon or even a 5K. Moving into zone five. Zone five is when you are at 85 to 100% of your maximum capacity. So you would describe this type of workout is like, it's your max. You are going for broke. It's not something you could sustain for a certain number of minutes. Like it's something that you would have to do in short bouts. So think sprinting. So on the continuum of warming up, walking, running, running fast, when we're in zone five, we're sprinting. But let's get back to zone two. So what are some examples, aside from walking at a brisk pace, of zone two activities? These would be activities that are designed for endurance. They're things that you could do for a pretty long period of time, at least 30 minutes. So whatever that is for you, I think this is important to mention. What zone two looks like for me might be a lot slower for somebody who's just getting into fitness and doesn't have aerobic capacity. They might be walking a lot slower or someone who's carrying a lot more weight or even just wearing a weight vest. You can't look at someone and go, oh, that's zone two cardio. It's really about your own perceived rate of exertion or more specifically, monitoring your heart rate. But as I said, I'm not a fan of getting so caught up in the little teeny tiny details that it becomes a deterrent for you. I love for this stuff to be basic, to be simple, like anyone can do it. We have to overthink it. So I love using the scale that's known as the perceived rate of exertion. And basically, this is just on a scale of one to 10, 
How do you feel? And if you want to be in zone two, you want to be somewhere in the four to five, maybe even three, four, five range and not exceeding that. You should be able to feel like, okay, I'm getting a good workout, but I could also have a full-blown conversation. That's zone two. So examples of exercise that fall into the zone two category might be, well, of course, obviously walking, swimming at a moderate pace. Although for me, I think swimming would take me way out of zone two because I don't swim. So I'm not conditioned to do that. My heart rate goes through the roof when I'm swimming, which I should probably do some more swimming. I just don't like being cold. And also I don't like getting wet because everything is water soluble. Like all of this just melts away. I'm melting, melting, melting. Yeah, I don't like getting wet. Other examples might be a really light jog. For me, not a fan of jogging anymore. Don't like the pounding on my joints. We're going to talk more about that later. Cycling. You could do a cycling class. But again, if you're taking like Jess King's Peloton class, that ain't zone two. Although I guess you could do it in zone two. You would just have to make sure that you were never taking yourself to that threshold where you're going beyond zone two, right? Where you're carefully considering, okay, in terms of like, how do I feel? Am I under a five? Rowing is another example of zone two cardio. Pio is a wonderful form of zone two cardio. Rollerblading, kayaking at a moderate pace, even doing some stand-up paddleboarding. But why is it longevity experts are suggesting that in order to live longer and to improve your overall health and fitness, to improve your mitochondrial strength, in order to burn more fat, why is it experts are suggesting zone two cardio? Number one, to build a solid aerobic base. Researchers have shown that zone two training is beneficial for improving the volume of oxygen that your muscles can utilize while you're training. So in other words, doing zone two cardio is kind of like giving your muscles a major tune-up. Oh, and by the way, below this episode, I will place links to each one of the studies, the scientific PubMed sources that I'm referring to when I'm sharing with you these studies and the results that are so remarkable, especially for those of us who are like, oh, I thought I had to kill myself doing cardio in order to get incredible results. So let's talk about the fat burning effect. Studies have shown that when you're in zone two versus the higher thresholds versus the zone three, zone four, zone five, the body is more likely to use fat stores for energy. The body uses both fat stores and glucose or carbohydrates. You'll hear some people refer to it in that way and converts that to ATP, adenosine triphosphate. But when we're in zone two for a longer duration, when we're working, you know, in terms of endurance, like a 30 to 90 minute workout at that moderate pace where you can enjoy yourself and have a lovely conversation and actually not feel beat up the next day, the body dips into fat stores. And that's exciting. I love zone two cardio because let's face it, it's a million times easier on your body. Doing higher intensity training often involves higher impact. Now, not always. Certainly there are workouts, including turbo fire low impact, which was a low impact, but high intensity workout, but it still takes a toll on your body. It takes a toll on your joints because you have to exert maximum amount of energy at all times in order to stay in those higher zones. A study published in Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise confirms that lower intensity workouts also have lower injury rates. And I don't know about you, but I wanna be able to do this forever. Like 25 years from now, I don't wanna risk having the injuries that I used to constantly be dealing with when my workouts were all in those higher zones. 
The goal of this show is to help you live a better life, to help you age in a way that allows you to like feel your best, to age in reverse. You know what I mean? Like aging is such a cool thing because you just get so much smarter about this stuff. And also like hearing research like this, like when I learned about the oxidative stress that I was placing my body under by doing those intense workouts, I, I was like convinced, okay, I'm taking years off my life by doing this intense hard cardio. Like no offense, but if you want to live to be a hundred years old, you got to think about what you're doing to your body. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned on the show that when I went to go get my nails done, the nail tech was like, when did you have these done? Because it looks like they haven't grown out at all. Like I, I didn't need a fill. Also, I was able to go like almost seven weeks before getting my hair highlighted because my hair hadn't grown. And I'm like, what is different? I realized what it was. I had stopped taking my collagen because we were traveling and I forgot. Well, thanks to my friends at Organifi who were listening to the show. My problem is solved. They sent me my favorite unflavored collagen. Now, the reason why I use an unflavored collagen powder is because I mix it in with my water and my other supplements. It has no flavor. And that's how I make sure that I get enough collagen to get my hair growing and my nails growing again. That's the only thing I'd done different in the last, whatever, seven or eight weeks. What is collagen? It's the most abundant protein in our body. Everyone makes it. We should be making it. You need it for your blood vessels, your muscles. You need it for hair growth. You need it for nails. You need it to have stronger bones. But collagen literally is the glue that holds all of our parts together. And it's something that is going to improve your gut health. It helps your metabolism. It helps you to build muscle. It helps your cardiovascular health. And most of us are not getting enough. So if you use an unflavored collagen powder, you can mix in your morning coffee. It literally doesn't change the taste at all. You can put it in your smoothie. You can put it in your water. You can put it in your yogurt. You can put it in just about anything. It literally has no taste. And Organifi only uses real food ingredients. As a listener of the show, you get 20% off. I want you to try their collagen. Go to Organifi.com forward slash Shaleen and then enter code Shaleen for your 20% off. Again, that's Organifi.com forward slash Shaleen. If you want to live to be a hundred years old, you got to think about what you're doing to your body. Like, does it really make sense to do a hundred mile marathon or like literally the things that people are doing in the name of health and fitness? I just think you got to ask yourself, like, is this really healthy? Like, does this really make sense? So what is oxidative stress? Oxidative stress occurs when there's an imbalance between free radical activity and antioxidant activity in your body. And studies show that prolonged, intense exercise leads to cellular damage. On the flip side, zone two exercise has been shown to produce much fewer free radicals. So your body gets a better workout without the oxidative stress smackdown. Win-win. So your body gets this incredible workout without the oxidative smackdown and you burn more fat. Sign me up. Okay, and while we're talking about living longer, being healthier in general, we have to talk about mitochondria. Okay, so let's go back to high school science. Do you remember learning about mitochondria? You probably do because some brilliant teacher at some point or scientist labeled mitochondria as the powerhouse of the cell. And I bet you never forgot that. I know I never forgot that, but I really didn't understand. I just, I memorized that, but I didn't really understand like, what does that even mean? Well, if you think about the powerhouse of your cell and what we are as a collection of cells and we want the powerhouse to be very strong, the mitochondria, well, then you would think, we would focus on activities that boost 
the mitochondria. And guess what zone two does? Yeah, it boosts your mitochondria. How does that benefit us other than like helping us to live longer? Well, because zone two cardio improves our mitochondrial function, it therefore improves our metabolic rate. It improves our metabolic efficiency, meaning when the powerhouses are all juiced up, they're better able to use fuel such as fat as energy. And here's how this works. The fats are broken down into fatty acids and those fatty acids are transported into the mitochondria. They fuel the mitochondria. The mitochondria is then converted into ATP, adenosine triphosphate. I just like saying that because I learned how to say it like 20 years ago and I just, I love whipping it out because it makes me sound super smart. ATP, adenosine triphosphate, say it with me, adenosine triphosphate. See, now you can say it too. You, instead of saying, my energy feels low today, you should say, you know what? My adenosine triphosphate feels a little off today. Just do it. Practice it. Adenosine triphosphate. Pull it out. People are going to be like, dang, she's so smart. Anyways, the mitochondria is converted into ATP and it's a process called beta oxidation. You don't need to remember any of that. Just remember how to say adenosine triphosphate. The main thing you need to understand is that the more mitochondria you have and, and the better functioning your mitochondria, the better your metabolism functions, the better everything functions. Listen, I'm not here to talk you out of doing, if you love doing marathons, if you love running, if you love sprinting, if you love your hit workouts, continue doing it. I want you to do what makes you happy because your mental health has a huge impact on your stress. So if running is like your meditation, if it's your soulmate, if it brings you so much joy, if it actually doesn't hurt your body, I think some people are literally built to run. This girl is not. <laughs> I'm built to walk. I just enjoy it. It makes me happy. So I want you to also remember that when you're looking at your exercise routine, the best workout is the one that you actually enjoy. It's, it's not the one that's going to give you even the best results because at the end of the day, your mental health has a huge impact on your physical health. Now, let me break down what researchers say is the ideal protocol for zone two training. Let's start first with number of days. Researchers suggest anywhere from three to five days per week. Now, and the reason why this is important is because zone two training in terms of duration is typically 30 to 90 minutes. So how many hours per week do you have set aside for exercise? In my personal opinion, not just my personal opinion, in most professionals' opinions, when it comes to your longevity, your body fat, your vitality, and the results you want to get, including fat loss, you've got to split that between strength training and zone two cardio. And on occasion, you can even throw in some higher zone training if that floats your boat. So between three to five days is ideal. That's going to give you a lot more time. Again, that gives you a way to balance your cardio with your strength training. As I mentioned, duration should be anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes. And the reason why experts say zone two training needs to be at least 30 minutes is because you've got to get into that place where your body is using fat. It's oxidizing fat as energy. Okay, lastly, and this is just my opinion. I've watched lots of videos and I've heard lots of experts talk about all the different ways to carefully make sure that you're not going into zone three and uh-oh, what if I slip down into zone one? Oh no, I went to zone four. Seriously. Sometimes these experts can complicate something as basic as breathing and make you feel like you're doing it wrong. Just enjoy yourself. Go get a great cardio workout. I love doing this with a friend. I love doing this with my husband. I mean, when we take a long walk together, we have deep conversations. Recently, I got to, when we were in New York City, meet up with one of our team members who's virtual. Like I'd never met her in person, even though she's been working with us for, I think, a couple of years now. 
And what we did for that first meeting in person was we went for a walk. It was awesome because we had conversations that there's no way we would have talked about those things if we were just like sitting across from each other drinking a cup of coffee. So I love Zone 2 Cardio because it allows me to connect with people who I love. I love going on a walk with my husband or a friend or even a coworker. The bottom line is this, Zone 2 Cardio is legit. And not only is it something you should try, it's, it's something you should be doing on a regular basis, especially if you're into longevity. If your goal is fat loss, if your goal is longevity, if your goal is to be able to do what you're doing and even do it more efficiently as you age, Zone 2 Cardio is a must. Hey, if you've made it to this point in the episode, I just have to say thank you so much. I love you. I love your brain. I love that you're the kind of person who, like, you finished what you started. And that means a lot that you would spend your time with me and sharing this episode with a friend. But it really does mean a lot. I appreciate it. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon.